Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about libraries. Woo! Yay! And that woo, that second woo came from Danny Levine Moore. Hi, Danny. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to meet you face to face. Danny and I have been talking um, online for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's it's so nice of you to come and be here. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah. So Danny is a librarian in the Chicagoland area. Um, and she's here to share her knowledge with us. But before we get started on libraries, let's hear a little bit about like your background and your journey as a librarian. All right. <laughs> um, so libraries was actually supposed to be my backup for theater. Um, I have a bachelor's in theater and I was stage managing for a while. And then as I graduated, I went, oh, I need to make a <laughs> living. Um and the school that I went to, I went to Dominican University in River Forest, and we have one of only two library programs in the entire state. Really? Um, and that sounded kind of cool, so I explored it a little bit and ended up applying and getting accepted into library school. Congrats. I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. I was like, I did, books are cool. Let's give yes. it a go. Um, and so I sort of explored within my coursework there kind of different areas of librarianship and all of the things that go into it. And I clicked really well with story time and kids and early literacy and then with old and rare books. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) And I ended up taking more old books and archives classes than I did children's classes and then never had a job in archives or anything after I graduated (laughs) because there aren't any. Um, And so when I was in my undergrad, I did an internship up or at the Oak Park Library, mm-hmm. um, they do. They used to have a story time internship that was I called it story time boot camp. Uh-huh. You would do upwards of fifteen story times a week. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a lot. We that did is all a of boot the, camp. It is. We did all the daycares. We did any sort of outreach. Um, went to a couple preschools, and then did one or two in house as well. Um, and that was so much fun, despite being a crazy amount of work. It was the most fun I've ever had. Aww. I hadn't worked with small ones very much prior to that um and realized that I do in fact absolutely love them (laughs) they Um, are the best aren't they they really are (laughs) um and so as I was 
searching for careers post-graduation, I found a, p- a position working mostly with our little ones. Um, yeah. And now I am the early literacy specialist there, which is awesome. That is. Well, congratulations. And Thank you. Thanks for coming and sharing your knowledge. Yeah. Because, yeah, as, as nannies, I mean, I think every nanny would agree with me. The library is one of our greatest resources. Uh, when my kiddos are like, we want to do science experiments. I'm like, well, let's, I mean, like Miss Frizzle, I'm like, let's get in the car. Yes. <laughs> and let's go. Let's go to the library. <laughs> yep. Let's go learn. Yes. Um, and so we go to the library and we look up like where to find the books. And I am trying to slowly like hand the reins over to mm-hmm. my kids to be able to find their own books. I know, I know. Yeah, that's as awesome. they're as they're starting to be able to read, and you know, we treat it kind of like a scavenger hunt. But um, that's essentially what it is. It is. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm like, these are the coordinates, mm-hmm. <laughs> like on a map, and then we're gonna go find it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So what are some of the resources? A, uh, that a local library might offer that a nanny should know about? Um, so obviously, because you have little ones, sometimes it's hard to get out of the house. Um, uh-huh. So whether it's your library or the library that's local to your kids and their family, get to know their website really, really well. Um, keep an eye out for all of the various online resources they have. There's probably going to be any degree of programming about the resources that they have online. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't get outside. Like we have um, a resource called Tumble Books. Mm-hmm. Um, and you essentially you go onto it and you find a book and it will read it to you and animate it in things. So you can. What? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so you can bring story time and books and literature directly into your home. Yeah. Um, and that one's really fun. We have another one called Book Flicks. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of really cool e-reading tools that are geared specifically towards younger kids nice um so get to know the kids pages on those websites and keep an eye out for programming that's happening um within the library itself depending on the community you're working with Mm -hmm. um some libraries will have play spaces some may not some communities have are very much destinations like the community I work with we are a destination people come to the library to play and to do these things right where I've been to huge libraries that have unlimited budgets basically (laughs) and they have one token little maze tool because the kids just don't come and stay right Um, they come get their books and leave exactly so get to know your community get to know that And explore the libraries that are around you as well. Just because you're not a card holder, excuse me, (laughs) doesn't mean that you can't go in and play. Right. Um, Okay. That's good to know. So don't be afraid to go explore libraries. There's not someone standing at the door checking for cards. (laughs) Go in and explore. There's no bouncer at a library. No. No, we're not bouncing you. (laughs) Um, Obviously, story time for the birth through through five-year-olds, which is what I specifically specialize in. Um, And some libraries have different requirements than others some you have to be a resident some are open to non-residents some you have to register or not Um, but familiarize yourself with those things as well Um, there are a surprising amount of libraries that are open that have their story times non-registration based and open to anybody yeah so you any given day you can find a story time to go to for whatever age group your kids are in 
Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like all of ours are open to everybody and we have five regular story times a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, another thought just as I'm sitting here, even if you have like, let's say you have one kid that is four and one that's six, if one's technically outside of that range, something that I have found, because I often end up nannying siblings that are exactly two years apart, mm-hmm. is having that older sibling be your helper at mm-hmm. story time. Oh, I do that all the time. Is just the best. Yes. Uh, and it gets them involved, and they still gain out of story time. Exactly. Everyone's listening and paying attention and absorbing. They are still sponges. Right. Up until about eight years old, I would <laughs> say you're still a sponge. Yes. Um, no, I... A lot of libraries will let siblings come in and things. Um, I always say siblings are absolutely welcome. I, it would be unreasonable of me to expect you to find a babysitter. Right. So, yeah, siblings are always welcome, and that is a really fun way to do that is have them be a helper. Depending on the age group, like when I do my baby baby story times, my you are not walking yet. <laughs> right. Um, I have a lot of older siblings who come in, and they'll demonstrate my finger plays and songs with me. And they come and sit by me and they are my helper for story time oh yeah. and then you know something happens with their sibling they go and they take care of their little <laughs> sibling and it's adorable but no yeah having older siblings is super awesome and super helpful and that sets a good example if they're engaging in the story time as well sets a great example for everybody else in the room right yes yes and and I think as nannies or moms or dads or caregivers um talking to them about that beforehand Mm -hmm. being like you know like a lot of these kids are really little and this might be some of their first ever story time Mm -hmm. and uh we let's show them like how to be a good participant in story time or Mm -hmm. how to really have on our listening ears and uh yeah and I think that that's a really good way to get them engaged. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's something that I aim to do with all of my older siblings as well. Like I'll sit down and say, you see how you're the biggest one here? That is super awesome. And that means that you have to help all of them out. (laughs) And yeah. Um, And any librarian who's worth their weight will probably also do something similar to help engage those older siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And then I know also, um, because I've seen it posted at... (laughs) Uh, some of our local libraries to the family that I nanny for, uh, sometimes they have things like science thing, like science experiments that they'll do um, or like Lego building. Mm -hmm. There's one library that does a lot of Lego building. Yeah, some libraries have Lego clubs. We do not have one at this juncture, um, but, you know, I'll take out Duplo during playtime and it's an impromptu Lego (laughs) club. Um, yeah, those are also really great ways. There's a huge uptick in STEAM and STEM programming mm-hmm. in libraries because it's something that a lot of caregivers and a lot of grown-ups are asking for and things that kids are engaging in really, really well. We have a slime science club Ooh. and it's for, it's for our third through eighth graders, um, but it is one of our most popular programs just because they want to come and make slime and it's the coolest thing ever. Yes. But then they're learning all of those basic science skills and steam programming is the best yes yes uh i completely agree yes um well great so that looking online (laughs) i actually have never thought about that of visiting a library's website so thank you absolutely some of them (laughs) full disclosure some of them can be clunky yes so bear with them um 
but going through and even just using it to look up a program schedule mm-hmm. can be the most helpful thing when you're not getting yourself all the way out there just to find that there's not a thing or what have you. Right. Um, yeah. And never be afraid to call. It's our job to answer the phone and tell you what's going on. So <laughs> never be afraid to call. Yeah. Yeah. And then one more thought um, that this happens in the Chicago area. I don't know about other cities, but they will have uh, passes to museums. Yes. That you can check out. Yes. So I think that that's a really wonderful resource. Yes, absolutely. Um, That is one that you do need a library card for that library for. Right. So if you're going to the library of your family instead of your local library, make sure you have a library card of someone in that family. Right. Um. But yeah, museum passes are awesome. Uh, Chicago Public Library specifically has passes to all of the, quote, big Chicago museums. So Mm -hmm. the Field Museum and Shedd and Adler and MSI, the Museum of Science and Industry and all of those. Um, And then the suburbs, um, a lot of them are part of what's called Museum Adventure Pass. And that's some of the smaller museums that you might not get to go to necessarily. Um, So, you know, it has Brookfield Zoo and it has the Botanic Garden Mm -hmm. and then it has a children's museum and it has a Legoland on there. Um, So and a lot of websites will have links to those things. So you can double check. You can call and ask what museums they have passes to. You can just ask while you're there for story time. Um, Yeah. Museum passes are a not as well-known program as I think they could be. Right. So ask your librarians. They want to tell you about it. They want you to go to those museums. Yes. 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 And I know that sometimes we don't get to take nanny kids to places because they're expensive. Like mm-hmm. to take yourself and exactly a certain number of children to the shed can cost you upwards of 50 bucks. Exactly. And so specifically for the shed cpl is there to help make that a little easier exactly so uh and wherever you are in the world ask ask your librarian yes (laughs) when in doubt ask a librarian (laughs) exactly um i feel like i've seen that shirt before and i loved it yes um yeah and so um i often take my nanny kids to like pick out three new books every week and we try to like I said I'm like working we're doing like a I do we do you do of finding the library books um as the older one is starting to be able to read by himself oh that's amazing Mm -hmm. it's so fun um but yeah and so we're working on that but sometimes (laughs) We go, we get our little map, and we're going, and then it's not on the shelf where it should be. What can we do when it's just... <laughs> when the book is not there. Yeah. Um. Obviously, when in doubt, ask a librarian. We just talked about that, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, once again, literally our job. Whoever, whatever librarian is sitting on the desk... It is their job to help you find those books. It's their job to help recommend other books to you if you can't find that one. Um, you can place a hold on it so you wouldn't get it that day, but you'll be the next person to get it when it comes back. Um, yeah, go and yeah. ask the librarian at the desk or look it up in the catalog. Um, a lot, Most libraries should have just quick access catalog stations that you can just look up that title, and it'll tell you right there if it's checked out or not. Awesome. Because um, sometimes it's just there's only so many copies it's just out and that is okay um and sometimes things get misshelved so if it says it's there and you cannot find it 
let that librarian know because that's going to help them then be able to find the book or get a new copy or whatever it may be. Right. And then they're going to help you get those books too. They're going to help recommend titles that are related to that or they're going to find just another book or what have you. They will, (laughs) they got you covered. Yes. Yes. And yeah, and I know that for especially the, the kids area, they often end up being misshelved yes. because kids <laughs> love to pull things off the shelf mm-hmm. and then they just put it back wherever they think is. <laughs> yes, they do. I We have picture book bins at our library, so oh, you can nice. just kind of flip through them um, instead of looking at a bunch of spines on a shelf. And it's helped my circulation go up exponentially. Yes. But I have a couple of bins that are right next to the play area. So every single day that I am there, I'm going through and pulling out, you know, Z's and B's from the G section. Um, And, you know, that is public service announcement. Please keep an eye on your DIY shelvers. But it happens and we know that happens. Right. And so that's something that we will also look at. If I can't find a book in the regular spot, I may go over to the G section and see if it got thrown in there. Yeah. Um, Because the librarian knows that library the best. Exactly. So they know where those potential... Potential other places are, yes. ...could have gone. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, And and as we as nannies are are working towards letting the kids start finding their own books, do you have advice on how to, like, help work that system... (laughs) Yeah. Um, so again, help them be comfortable asking their librarians. Mm-hmm. If you're going to the same library all the time, you're probably running into the same staff. Get to know them. Have your little ones introduce themselves. Or if they can't do that yet, introduce them for them. Um, and then just start. If they're working on finding books by themselves, they probably have at least a little bit of letter recognition at that point. Right. Um, and most libraries will have end caps that say what's in that section Mm -hmm. so help them look up the book and help them figure out okay this book is by Aaron Reynolds and that author's last name starts with what letter letter R so then help them find the R section and help them go and find that book and just sort of give them those tools to help them do that yeah, yeah, yeah. Just break it down into those yes. little into as tiny of pieces as you <laughs> possibly can. Yes, there is no such thing as too small of a piece. Yep, that's true. That's very true. Because it is, it's tricky. I I struggle with it. Before we started recording, Danny and I were talking about uh, how I was all the libraries from my childhood were all Dewey Decimal, and mm-hmm. that's not the case with the Chicago public libraries and so I get lost and confused right and I have the exact opposite I learned library of congress and cataloging so Dewey baffles me right exactly <laughs> so it just depends on what you know exactly and the li- again the librarians know that library best so they can help you find it and more yes, yes. and I sometimes do um uh, if I know a nanny kid wants a very specific book, like let's say they're reading their way through a series, mm-hmm. and I know, oh, they're you know about halfway done with this one, so it's time to start looking for the third, mm-hmm. um, I will often go ahead and put that book on hold. Exactly, yes. So that it's just under my name at the library mm-hmm. waiting on us. 
Yeah, and when people come in and they they have a kid who is eating up a series and they come to put that book on hold, I'll even encourage them to put the next one and maybe one after that on hold as yeah. well, depending on the book and the reader and everything. And if it's super popular. Yes, because yeah. like Geronimo Stilton, yeah, it's not going to be on the shelf when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even try. No. Um, yeah, I'm currently reading uh, The Amulet. I love Amulet. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm reading it uh, with, I have like a quote unquote book club with one of my older nanny kids. Oh, nice. It's so fun. And so I just put a bunch of those on hold. Yes. (laughs) The library. Those are are so good. We can't keep them on shelf at our library. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having to wait and that's fine. I can practice patience. It is okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And so... That is, I think, also a good thing to just be on top of. You mm-hmm. you as a nanny know your nanny kids really well. And exactly. So you know about their reading speed. You know what they read before bed every night or if they're reading during the day that they read. I have one kid that, like, devours. I mean, he reads, I would say, three hours a day. Gosh. Like, he just loves it. And so he's like eating breakfast, reading his book, and, you know. I love it. That was totally me as a kid, too. (laughs) Yep. And he, we, I just uh, helped him write a paper, um, and he was like, he was like, I love reading so much, and sometimes it's even too much. (laughs) He's like, sometimes I don't do things that I should do. (laughs) It's like, yep, it's good to recognize balance. It's it's okay to admit those things. (laughs) Yep. I love it. Yep, I love it too. Um, But yeah, and so uh, what are some of your books? And folks at home, you can't see this, but uh, (laughs) Danny brought picture books. I brought my favorite picture books. And I'm going to... Um, take some pictures of them and she is going to provide all of the ones that she talks about and so I will post those on Chronicles of Nania yeah and I'll make you guys a bibliography awesome yes thank you go back to the other end of this pile Um, so these are just my favorite picture books and they have different reasons for being my favorite picture books Um, but just as again personal preference every librarian has lots of opinions about picture books the next one you talk to is going to say no that one's not good read this one Um, But these are some of my favorites that don't always necessarily get as much love. Um, So, yeah, let's get right into it. Awesome. Okay, so the first one I brought is my favorite picture book of all time. This is Leonardo the Terrible Monster by Mo Willems. Uh, I love this book, too. When she brought it out of her bag, I was like, (gasps) love that book. Yes. Um, So they actually just released a sequel to this one, and it's Sam, the most scaredy cat kid in the whole world. Um, And so it's a little bit of the story from Sam's perspective, and then... What happens after? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and this one's fun both to just read with your kids and to read in story time. Um, there's this big spread where the little kid that Leonardo finds just spouts off all of the problems that he has in his life and it's hilarious and he talks about poop and it just it gets all the giggles Um And it's a really fun one to help kids work on, like, letter recognition and just the fact that there are words there. They're not the main focus, but they're there. Right. Um, Obviously, everyone knows Mo Willems. If you work with little ones, you Mm -hmm. know Pigeon, you know Elephant and Piggy, you know Nuffle Bunny or Knuffle Bunny. That is a debated word. Yep. Um, 
but I feel like Leonardo doesn't get quite as much love as he should. Yeah, uh, so, I would agree with that. So I'd, I'd share Leonardo whenever I can. I actually mm-hmm. brought him to my interview for my current job because I wasn't <laughs> sure if I should have some story time ready to go or not. So I had a full story time planned because I'm an overachiever. Yes, um, love it. And I didn't use any of it. I just mentioned that I'd brought stuff and the person who was interviewing me said, well, let's see what books you brought. So I took out Leonardo and they go, oh, I love that book. <laughs> Anyone who pays attention to books loves Leonardo. Yes. So that was Leonardo the Terrible Monster by Mo Willems. Yeah. And if you have not read it, check it out with your little ones. Yes. Um, I'm going to keep on the Mo Willems track just a little bit. So I said everybody knows Pigeon. Everybody knows Pigeon driving the bus um but there are a whole bunch of other pigeon books and my personal favorite is pigeon finds a hot dog and again this is by mo willems Uh Um, and this one is just hilarious you have a little bit of the audience participation with the shouting no and all of that but then you also get to introduce sharing with duckling this is duckling's first appearance in the series Mm -hmm. um and it's just, it's absolutely hilarious. It inevitably makes everyone want to talk about food. Um, and they just think it's the funniest thing ever. And then at the end, when they share the hot dog, everyone goes, oh, they're sharing. Aww. And it's just the cutest. Um, yeah, this one's tons of fun and leaves my story timers in stitches every time. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and I just like to give this one a little love because hot dog tends to get overlooked yeah yes although i will say if you read that with your nanny kids also potentially have a talk with them about the dangers of sharing food with kids that have allergies yes definitely very important (laughs) so just add that on work that in oh yes definitely and you know picking up food off the ground because he literally finds the hot dog on the ground yes yes (laughs) so there are other conversations to go with that book but that is a really good one to start the allergy conversation exactly yes and it's also uh really that's what i love about books is that they start conversations exactly (laughs) um which is a really nice segue into the next one i brought which is i am jazz Ooh, yes. I haven't heard of this one. Um, are you familiar with Jazz Jennings? She no. is, um, oh, how old is she now? I think she's 16 or 17. Um, she's a transgender youth who speaks oh. out constantly. She has a show on TLC. She found she started a foundation that's it's somewhere in the back of this book. Um, yes, she, her and her family founded the Trans Kids Purple Rainbow Foundation. Um, and she, oops, she's all about advocacy and like she wrote a memoir at 15. Oh my gosh. Yes, she's absolutely wonderful. Um and actually the human rights campaign did a national read of this and so anyone who worked as an educator or worked with kids was encouraged to read it with their kids and with their community. Amazing. Um and it breaks down being transgender in the simplest possible terms and it's just it's a really sweet book. Um and it's just a really good way to also start that conversation. Yes. Cuz With sexuality and things, you don't really fall into that until you're older. Right. But gender-related issues start as young as, as soon as you know that there are differences between boys and girls. Yeah. And actually, scientifically, they start earlier than that. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're getting fed social cues from the time that you were a baby. I just watched a video about they dressed babies up in different genders and then studied how people treated them and it was it's it's sad yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so this is a really good book to start those conversations and whether they know somebody or maybe they're thinking those things and don't have the words for it yet yeah this is a really good book for that and i 
I love, 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 love this book. Love jazz. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to put that one on hold at my local library. Definitely. <laughs> to read with my kiddos. Okay, and then another good segue going on awesome women doing awesome things. Oh, I love this book. Rosie Revere, Engineer by uh, Andrea, Andrea, choose your own adventure with that one, by Andrea Beattie. Um, This is one in a series, um, but Rosie is the first one. And this is actually, fun fact, this was the first book that was ever storytimed in space. What? Yes. This book was read in space. That is a very fun fact. Yes. I love love telling people (laughs) that one. Um, So we meet Rosie, and she's trying to build a flying machine. Um, And she's having a hard time with it. You know, she makes all these funny inventions. Um, She fills her uncle's pants up with air. She tries to make, um, she has an uncle who works with snakes, and she tries to make a hat for him to keep snakes off of his head. And it just, he just laughs at her. And so she gets all of this flack for not doing the, like, she's doing the right thing. It's just missing the mark a little bit. And then her aunt comes in. And says, no, you're doing this right. Let's keep working on this. Let's make your flying machine. Um, And they make it. And they go to test it. And it starts to go. And then it crashes. And so she has her moment of failure. And it's a really nice, it's okay to fail. Right. Um, And then her aunt says, it did fail. But for a moment, you flew. Yes. And it's just, it's such a great book. It's oh, so I inspiring. I know. I, I get <laughs> these books every time. Before. Yes. Um, it's a really inspiring book. It's a very, girls can do anything. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do anything. Yeah. You just need sometimes the right mentor. Um, yeah. Or just the right motivation. Um, so this is a fun one. It is for a slightly older audience. I wouldn't, without being able to have a conversation or knowing the kids really well, I wouldn't do this under like four. Mm-hmm. But if you know the kids and you know that they can handle it, then you can start that whenever. Yeah. Um, but I love that book so much. And that one's also a really good one for uh, starting to talk about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Yes. Um, which we are going to have an episode about that coming up soon. So uh, that's a little teaser for that. But mm-hmm. that's on a lot of lists for encouraging growth mindset. Yes. Um, so there's Rosie. And then the other two are Iggy Peck Architect mm-hmm. um, and Ada Twist Scientist. Yeah. Which which is my favorite of the series. I just don't own it yet um, because not only is it a woman scientist, it is a woman of color scientist. Oh, so wonderful. it's just it's just yeah. checking all the representation boxes and it's beautiful and it is absolutely my favorite and my community's most popular one of the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, these None of these are related to anything, so I'm just going to start from the top of the pile now. <laughs> um, I love Love Monster by Rachel Bright. Um, This is a really cute Valentine's book without being beat you over the head Valentine's (laughs) Day. Um, I love this book so much that this was one of the readings at my wedding. Oh. Yes. Um, And it's about this this monster and it's got really cute parenthetical text in it. Um, And monster is just funny looking in a world of cute fluffy things. Oh my goodness. Yes. It is just so cute. Um. This book is really cute. Yes. Um, and so it's, you know, everybody loves kittens and puppies and bunnies, but nobody loves a slightly hairy, I suppose, a bit googly-eyed monster. <laughs> Poor monster. 
Um, and so he goes off in search of someone who would love him just the way he was. Oh. And so he looks high and low and oh. middle-ish. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's the cutest little book. Um, and he keeps thinking he finds it, but it's not quite what he was looking for. So he gets, he gets sad and he decides to go home and call it a day. And then when he goes to get on the bus to go home, whoop, turning pages, he gets on the bus to go home and he finds his monster. Oh. And so it's a... And she's driving, or he is driving the bus. The monster is driving the bus. The monster is driving the bus, yes. Love it. And so the final spread says, you see, sometimes when you least expect it, love finds you. And it's just the cutest little story. And I read this one every year for Valentine's Day. I try to not do too many holiday-based story times because we have such a diverse community. Right. So I'll do a gentle love theme for Valentine's Day instead of Valentine books. (laughs) And this is my this is my go-to every single year. Yeah. And Love Monster has a couple of companion books. Just the classic one. The first one's the best one. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) don't waste your time. Just start with Love Monster. You're good. yeah, so that was Love Monster by awesome. Rachel Bright. I mean, love that book. Um, let's do I Am a Story. This Ooh. one this one doesn't get as much love as it deserves. So this is I Am a Story by Dan Yaccarino. Um, and he does a lot of really awesome books, which I can't recall the titles of any right now, because um, that's how that goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but this one is really great. It's the story of a story from the beginning so it starts as I am a story I was told around a campfire and so it's a really cool way to show the evolution of stories and how they're shared yeah and it has these really gentle history lessons and it teaches you like the history of a book and the history of writing through the illustration so every time you read it at every different stage of life, you get more and more out of this book. Yeah. But it's also just a gentle story about stories, and it's so cute. Um, I don't read this one in story time because it needs a lap read very much. The illustrations... They're very detailed. Yes, they're simple but detailed, but Mm -hmm. there's a little bit in everything, and, you know, it is a good way to have conversations and introduce characters like Shakespeare yes um, and theater and theater and a little bit of activism mm-hmm. and e-readers because of course they are everywhere whether or not you like them mm-hmm. and then it goes right back to the beginning oh. and it's so beautiful um, but again it is very much a sit and read in a lap story right but then you can keep bringing that one back time after time as your kids grow and learn and just explore their world more and I love this book so much yeah that one also gives me goosebumps that's one I've never heard of I'm gonna add that to my list then I have done my job yes I have introduced (laughs) you to a book you don't know um I'm gonna save that one for last so another one I brought was I'm the best by Lucy Cousins everyone knows Lucy Cousins and Maisie Mm -hmm. Maisie the little mouse um but this is my favorite book it is about a dog who thinks he's the best um and we were talking about before we started recording that we are both very much dog people yes um and I joke that this is my dog Zoe's favorite picture book because she is also the best Uh uh-huh she is very entitled Uh Um, and so dog has a couple of friends and it's this it's very bold very it's beautiful childlike illustrations very exactly what you would expect out of lucy cousins um and so dog has four friends 
ladybug, mole, goose, and donkey. And so Doug goes through all of the things that he does better than his friends. And it's the things that that animal doesn't do well anyway. Right. So in this spread, dog digs better, <laughs> digs better holes than goose obviously right um and so they go through all of that and then he says i'm much bigger than ladybug i win i'm the best (laughs) um and so we go through all of those and then we have our i'm the best at everything and then his friends feel sad because he's better than all of them and so then they go through well we have things that we're best at too and they go through all of that And so then Dog gets sad because Dog is, oh, I'm a terrible friend. I'm sorry. And you have your very sad Dog page. And then they remind Dog that Dog does have something he's the best at. And we love you. And so it's a nice little, maybe maybe we don't gloat, but we all have things that we are really good at. I actually am going to get that book. (laughs) It's... Because that is love. something I've been dealing with with some of my nanny kids. Well, there you go. This yep. is a really good one to do that. I, yeah. Oh, I love this book so much. And you can have tons of fun reading it too. Yeah. Because you can give each character a different voice because the t- book is told from every character's perspective. And, oh, no, this is a really fun one. That is. And teaches, I love the like childlike drawings. Like I know. I love that it's watercolor and crayon and just big, bold. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, that's a really good one. Yeah. It may be a little difficult to find in stores. I would definitely start at your library for that one because it yeah. is an older book. Okay. Good yes. to know. Um, and then the last one I brought is Creepy Carrots by Aaron Reynolds. Ah, oh, I love this one. Yes. This was a Caldecott honor. I don't even remember what year, but this was a Caldecott honor, which means it's an A plus library and approved good book. Ooh, <laughs> that's official. Yes. Um, and so... I just have a soft spot for Aaron Reynolds because we had him do an author talk at our library. Amazing. Um, And so Creepy Carrots is about Jasper Rabbit. And he loves carrots and he takes them all the time. And he (laughs) takes them from this field that is just like nobody owns the field. The carrots just grow there. Um, And he starts thinking he's seeing carrots places. So he's brushing his teeth and he thinks he sees them in the shower behind him. And he turns around and it's just the shampoo bottle and a rubber duck. <laughs> and so he's just he's just getting more and more creeped out as he, as the story goes. He's just this terrified little bunny and it's adorable. Ugh. And so eventually he decides, you know what? No. I am done with this. I'm done seeing carrots everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to build a fence around the field and I'm never going to see them again. Oh, yeah. And then you turn the page, and the carrots are rejoicing <laughs> because they're not having Jasper Rabbit to s- rabbit steal from him anymore. And so it's just this really funny. I like sharing this one during Halloween because it is a kind of spooky story. It's right. very gently spooky, but then it has this big laugh at the end. And so you can share it whether you celebrate Halloween or not. You can appreciate a spooky story. Yes. So this is a really fun one for that. Um, and it's a nice little don't take things that aren't yours story as yes. well. Because um, we're always finding the hidden meaning in texts. And I also think it's a it's a nice one to potentially, I, you would have to handle this with care, but potentially that gut instinct of, because he was right, there were carrots following him there, around. There were. <laughs> and so, and 
the adults in his life didn't take that seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to, to honor when your kids, even if they, you know, are, there's a monster under my bed to talk through that Mm -hmm. and, and honor it and not just be like, nah, no, there's not. No, you're making that up. No, (laughs) it's a really good time to start those conversations. It's very true. So that's a good one to, I've, I've, that has inspired that conversation for me. Very nice. Um, so yeah, that's a good way a jumping off point. Yeah. And Creepy Carrots actually has a sequel called The Creepy Pair of Underwear. <laughs> um, Which I'm sure is popular. It's popular and hilarious and involves glow in the dark underwear. It's great. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's fantastic. But it's also a teaching kids about wearing big kid underwear. Ooh. Very gently. Like, yeah. they're not specifically stating that he's going out of training pants or anything. But it's very clearly all right, it's time to get new underwear. Yeah. And so they go to the store and pick them out. And then it turns out the pair he picked out glows in the dark and is kind of <sighs> creepy. And yeah, it's adorable and hilarious and goes along the same vein. The carrots make an appearance. Yes. Because Perfect. of course they yeah. do. Um, and yeah, it just everything Aaron Reynolds has written is fantastic. His yes. Nerdy Birdie series is also wonderful. I have not read that one. So. Um, it. It's a little tiny bird who's, mm-hmm. as you would guess, incredibly nerdy. Um, <laughs> and I haven't read the first one in a while, so I'll just go on the second one, which is Nerdy Birdie Tweets. Um, and that one teaches the don't post things on social media that you don't have permission to post lesson. Nice. Um, it's very adorable and very sweet and hits that point all the way home. Yeah. Um, which sometimes we have to teach a lot younger than you would think we should. Exactly. Um, but it's also a gentle consent lesson. Right. So I, I love Nerdy Birdie. Nerdy Birdie doesn't get anywhere near as much love as it should. So also check out Nerdy Birdie and Nerdy Birdie Tweets. Awesome. Yeah. I have such a fun list to yeah. go. There's uh, always, always more. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, awesome. So my kind of last question is if a nanny wanted to volunteer at a library how could he or she go about doing that um that really depends on the library right um so like my library we don't have a big volunteer like we don't have any volunteer program and program outside of our teen advisory board okay which we call the cats they are a council of awesome tweens and they have cats on their hoodies it's adorable I love that I love love them um so it really depends on the library but there's other libraries in the area that have really big volunteer programs um so if that's something that you're looking to do again start on the website that would usually be in the about section or near wherever their job postings are um or just call the library and talk to talk to whoever and get get an idea of what's going on, what programs they have for volunteers. Um, Some libraries have like an adopt a collection Mm -hmm. where they'll bring volunteers in to do all of the shelf reading. And then that sort of gives you a little bit of ownership in your library. Like I am responsible for these shelves being in the right order. (laughs) Um, So you can call them, see what you can do. Um, Yeah, it really depends on the library. Like I wish we had more volunteer (laughs) opportunities because I would – I wouldn't say no to having a bilingual grown-up in my story times to do that, but right. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, definitely call and ask and see if there are ways you can get involved, and if not, just use your library. Get a library card and check those books out. Yes. Yes. Oh, love it. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else that you would like to add? 
No, I think that kind of covers it. Um, yeah, bring your kids to story time. It's yeah. really important. And if libraries have one for even like baby babies, mm-hmm. I always get, well, what are they getting out of that? And babies need words yes. from day one. Yes. And a lot of baby times are mostly just giving them words. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, bring your kids to story time from as little as, in the case of a nanny, as little as the family will let you. Yeah. Or if you're a mom or a dad or another grown-up directly responsible for an infant, as soon as you feel comfortable bringing that baby outside. Yeah. I've had as young as six weeks in my story time. Oh. And, you know, we fell asleep and nap time happened in story time, but <laughs> we still got some words before that. And yeah. yeah. And so, it's also good just to have them out in the community mm-hmm. that they are living in. Exactly. And it helps new parents and new nannies and things get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun networking opportunity for you guys. And yeah, I always say there's no too young and to an arguable point, no too old for story time either. Yeah. And and it also like when there are those play areas, um, mm-hmm. I watch my kids practicing the conflict resolution that we have talked about mm-hmm. or just, you know, if somebody else is taking all of their blocks, how they handle it. Exactly. And I, and I let them practice those skills that we've been working on for years you know exactly and so it's a it's a really great resource uh kind of any time of the day that it's open (laughs) whenever we're open we're happy to have you yeah Yeah. well wonderful well for um the bibliography and uh like all those titles and i'll also put up pictures i kind of took pictures while danny was doing story time because (laughs) i was obsessed with it um and please visit chroniclesofnania.com or the Chronicles of Nania Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And, uh, and yeah, and then uh, I'll also link any other resources Danny sends my way yeah. um, there. Mm-hmm. And then, Danny, I would love for you to plug your blog. Okay, yeah, I'll plug my blog. It's entirely unrelated to nannying and libraries and books, and that's okay. That is a-okay. Because, um, you know, we always have multiple hustles yeah. in this day and age. Um, so I'm also a style and lifestyle blogger. Uh, my blog is called Stile Photo Cibo, which is Italian for style photo food, which nice. is kind of how it started. Um, and now it's more queer style and lifestyle and giving queer femmes space to share their style and get inspired oh um, that's wonderful yeah it's it's a blast it's a lot of work but it's so much fun to do and I've met so many awesome people through it yeah, yeah. so visit stilephotochibo.com um and that is spelled yes I was S-T- about to ask you. <laughs> yes okay. spelled s-t-i-l-e F-O-T-O-C-I-B-O dot com. It's the Italian spelling. Wonderful. Yes. Awesome. And there's all of the social media on there too. Yep. And I will link uh, that on the Facebook and on chroniclesofnania.com. So awesome. if you are driving and you're like, wait, but I can't write it down right now. That's okay. <laughs> yep. That's okay. It will be linked for you. So do not fear. Um, awesome. And then we end each episode with a fun uh, or uplifting or funny story and Danny's brought I think even a few <laughs> I have so many I always have stories I literally always have stories um just from this week I had a child say my name for the first time oh. they've been coming to story time since they were very little and they're in preschool story time now and speech development was a little slow and that's mm-hmm. okay and so I he said my name for the first time oh. and that was really really heartwarming because yeah. 
hearing kids say words when they are when they just can't yeah. is just so heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. And especially a name is so mm-hmm. intimate and important. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I've had kids take first steps in story time and I've I've had one first word. Oh. Um so yeah. Really That's take your wonderful. kids to story time. They will do those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's time and a space to grow. Exactly. In all the all the ways. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danny. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.